insurance is not broken. Right? Insurance is at a amazing point that's embracing change in a way that it's never happened before. There's just so much opportunity and there's so much willingness to embrace a different way of doing it. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast dedicated to the topic of insurance innovation. So, you know, a lot of you have been asking me about some of the different things that's been happening here in the insurance industry, specifically around some of the technology and some of the insurance technology companies or the insure tech companies that are doing different things in order to try to innovate different areas of the value chain. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I've been asked a lot about is, you know, what's happening with blockchain and how blockchain is going to impact the underlying foundation of the insurance industry from a technology perspective. Now, from my perspective, you know, I, I've absolutely seen a lot of hype in terms of what it's going to do, but I've also seen a lot of opportunities and a lot of areas in which there's some collaboration, like with B3I and other areas where organizations are collaborating to figure it out, right? Because there needs to be strong coordination when using blockchain. So um, on a future episode, you know, just because I've got so many questions about this, I'm going to be digging deeper into this topic with Nick Gerhardt, the current chief administrative officer of the Farm Bureau Financials and the former commissioner of the Iowa DOI. So uh, probably in about a couple of weeks, we'll get on uh, and we'll have a discussion around what blockchain uh, is going to do for the industry and some use cases as well. So, you know, don't forget to, um, you know, hit that subscribe button or if there's other folks that are interested in that topic, just forward uh, the podcast along to them so they don't miss my discussion with Nick on that future episode. So, you know, first and foremost, I do want to recognize the sponsor of this episode of the podcast, and that is Vortex Legal. Innovation in the insurance field is exciting, and Vortex Legal is a unique and proven solution to help improve a company's loss ratio by substantially reducing legal expenses. Their nationwide network of local attorneys attend the voluminous and routine and predictable hearings for a flat rate, not an hourly rate. So Vortex Legal Solution works with both staff counsel offices as well as outside law firms. They've saved many carriers millions of dollars. So if you want to learn more, just contact Jonathan Broder at 954 473-2648 or visit vortexlegal.com. Now I'm excited to welcome Jay Weintraub to the podcast. And you know, Jay is the CEO of InsureTech Connect. Now, if you're in the insurance industry, you're familiar with ITC, which brings together the largest, most focused gathering of insurance entrepreneurs investors, and industry executives. Now, Jay is also the co-founder of Grow.co and HRT, you know, both that's uh, focused on bringing people together. You know, Jay, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for joining me here today. Oh, thank you. It's just a pleasure to be here. You know, so, uh, so Jay, you know, uh, you have a background that's really geared towards bringing people together. You know, if you don't mind, just take a moment to walk me through your career path and what led you to doing what you're doing today. Well, I will say that sometimes it's nice that when you, you tell a story in reverse, it actually sounds like there was some reason for it happening or that it tells better. At the time, I will admit, it was a bunch of, you know, sort of jumping off, seeing where you landed and praying, you know, sort of like for the best. 
Uh, but I, you know, I, I tend to say that it's been the last 10 years of my career have been sort of dedicated to the power of face-to-face, the power of in-person. I began my life as a you know sort of early web marketer and developed a sort of a deep domain expertise and then the sort of the bug the calling if you will for you know what would happen if if we got people together and I mean, developed you know sort of this this physical community out of what was kind of a you know a loose digital one and you know having done that once and sort of seeing the yeah you know, really the magic of of face to face is what has sort of you know kind of kept us going and you know compels us today uh, so 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 thinking about that you know uh, and when i think about insuretech connect it's one of the most well known conferences in the industry um and you guys only started in 2016 and you know just just thinking about this conference you know that's where the startup to the long term insurance executive you know really share a seat at the table what is insuretech connect and you know how did this idea come about i will say that like so many things it luck does play a huge role i wouldn't be giving credit to our team if we didn't mention that there's just some tireless effort. But a lot of you know a lot of this is also being in the right place at the right time. So, you know, if we go back to about 2010, 2011, I had been you know sort of starting to get interested in the insurance industry, and had been you know I, I sort of make some jokes about if you look at my last name Weintraub and you know the idea of you know sort of. Uh, gee, I can pay money to have less worry. That's amazing, right? So it, it never tells as well as I think it does in my head. So, you know, okay, anyway, as we continue, I'd really just be, you know, gotten fascinated with the world of insurance. It really, right, it's one of those areas, and I should say too, having been in the world of online direct marketing, you, you also get really comfortable with things that are big industries that are fairly unsexy, and but yet are, you know, sort of, uh, they help drive the world forward, and, and insurance is is really just one of those just amazing things that underpins all of all of life in in so many ways. And really, for several years, had been trying to think about what could I do in insurance. And, and when I say what could I do, it was really what could I, when it comes to trying to be involved with, help create a in person gathering in a manner that had not existed. And so in this case, you know, when I talk about sort of like timing and luck, if we had done something in 2012 or 2011, it wouldn't have been insurance, you know, sort of innovation. It wouldn't have been insure tech. And so it was really, a, you know, kind of the, the magic moment uh, in, in many respects was getting introduced to my partner, Caribou Honig. And, you know, he was sort of a recovering fintech investor who had started to spend a lot of time thinking about insurance and, and insure tech. And when, you know, we ended up, talking, we shared a love of bringing people together, and we both had an interest in insurance, and it kind of became, well, have you thought about InsureTech as sort of the subject, as the ecosystem? And it was, well, no, not really. I'd been thinking about insurance really from almost exclusively from a broker and distribution standpoint, not, you know, kind of innovation across the, the sector. And so, have having a few conversations, it just sort of became clear that that, you know, that is the movement, you know, that is what unites, you know, sort of the, you know, this idea of insurance innovation, the, whether you want to call it transformation, digitization, even disruption, you know, that's sort of the movement. And we just got to be really lucky that we were, you know, sort of the, the people 
well positioned to try and serve the market. As I as I think about what you just said, you know, uh, I I really think about um, everyone uh, across the industry that I have the opportunity to speak to um, after an Insure Tech Connect conference, and there's you know. Uh, tons of, of folks that I have the opportunity to speak to all across the insurance value chain, whether it's, uh, you know, folks within the startup community or even executives, you know, within some of the long, uh, the longer term incumbent insurers that's been around for a very long time. But, you know, a, a lot of these different individuals uh attended um, the most recent InsureTech Connect conference. Um, and, uh, you know, the, your most recent conference had roughly about a few thousand uh, individuals or, or 3,000 individuals uh, plus that, that uh, attended that conference, you know. So, uh, so I know you really specialize in bringing people together, but how were you able to create that buzz which really pulled people from all parts of the insurance industry together um, around this topic of insure tech and insurance innovation? Well, I guess if I were trying to be cheeky, I'd say I can't tell you because then anyone else could do it, but that's not true. <laughs> uh, anyway, part of it was, you know, we, if there's any one sort of secret to what we do, it's we will only be successful. It's, it's a weird dynamic because when we started into this, and as you said, we have 3,500 people there's this could go to 5000 6000 next year if the industry continues in sort of its own sort of evolution so it really is not about us it really is about the industry and so our job is sort of as uh, shepherds or curators is to really just try and understand you know sort of who like what is the value chain who are the players that sort of rely on each other you know what is that sort of like you know sort of virtuous cycle and obsess you know sort of day over day about who should be in the room together? Like, if these people are in the room, then good things will happen. Great meetings will happen. You know, what are those connections that, if they happen, you know, sort of will yield, you know, sort of positive returns for people, for the companies, and, and maybe right even the industry continues to to sort of advance a little bit faster. So, you know, really, the the work that we do is. You know, a lot of what a lot of what you do, except uh, we aren't nearly as interesting uh, or witty, so we can't do a podcast. But it's how do we have? It's true. How do we have a lot of conversations, and then so that people feel like this show is their own, that this is the place that they wanted to see exist because they need it to solve some you know sort of needs of their of, of their own, and whether it's uh, right an incumbent insurer who's saying, what are my different what are the, the paths to innovation? What are some of the pilots that I may want to do? What are the, you know, kind of, how do I think about talent and culture? Right? If we, so we just try to look at each person, you know, and, and large constituency bucket and do our best to say, right, how could ITC be a place where they ultimately go, perfect. You had all of these people here and it helped me you know, do X, Y, and Z. I really think that with what you guys are doing, you really hit on something and you hit on a nerve in the insurance industry uh, through uh, pulling people together in the conference that you all have established and making those connections, you know. And, and what that tells me is that we're in the midst of, a, uh, of an evolution in the insurance industry. You know, things like distribution, as you mentioned earlier, you know, new products and claims and, and other areas of the value chains, um, you know, they're, they're, they're changing. And you mentioned in, in 
in you know uh, an article that you wrote that this is really the tip of the insurance iceberg uh, in terms of innovation that's occurring within the insurance industry. Out of InsureTech Connect, uh, I know there were uh, quite a few themes that that came into play potentially for 2017 and and 2018 in terms of the things that we may see um, impact the industry. You know, so you know what do you see as you know some predictions for 2018 in terms of changes that we may face in insurance? Oh yeah, so this is where if I've learned anything, it's uh, you know that, that trying to predict the future, I'm so bad at it. So I will uh, gr- I will do my best to sort of sidestep the direct question and you know touch on another point that that you uh, you know sort of alluded to, which is what is the, sort of the the true magic here is that we've now entered into an era where every single major part of the value chain, as you said, right, whether it's distribution, whether it's claims, whether it's products. Like all of it, you know, underwriting, you name it, every single element here is questioning itself and saying, I have serious doubts that doing things this way is going to be good enough for the future. Or I see the future being dis- potentially distinctly different than where the status quo is leading me. And that's, and so really nobody actually knows right now. And that's part of the the, the, the joy, it's also part of what makes it so right, exciting and so scary, is that nobody really knows, is it, well, we need to invest in you know, a different type of customer experience. Uh, you know, there's a lot of effort around, you know, especially, you know, I think in life particularly, to say we need to be, have more engagement platforms. We really shouldn't just be this you know, one-time-a-year touch point that people write a check to. Uh, or right, people saying, wow, there's a ton of friction in the process and there's so much data out there. I, gee, I bet we can do enhanced underwriting be, you know, by using better sources of data. And right, if we do better sources of data and we take it down from 11 weeks to six, hour, you know, six seconds, then you know, that will reduce costs. You know, or is it, well, gee, really it's all about digitization and you know, you know, it's actually more blocking and tackling because we have all these disparate systems that don't communicate with each other, whereas a startup is building a centralized system on the cloud from scratch. Everything speaks to each other. Therefore, you know, they, you know, have 10 percent, you know, 15 percent, you know, sort of greater efficiencies. They can now spend more money on marketing. They can do all these things. And that's where nobody really, really knows. So I think the, right, the, the safest assumptions are, you know, let's, project out what the customers are saying, you know, that they are getting accustomed to. So they're saying, I want to do more on my phone, check, right? I want to be able to have more instant communication, instant access. I want things to work faster, right? I want things that are a little bit more tailored to like my needs. I want products that are easier to understand. You know, so I, I, I think of it as so is there going to be the, I don't want to say Amazon of, of InsureTech, but it, is it likely um, to, that there's going to be a brand of the future that doesn't, is not, is dominant, you know, in 10 years, 15 years, that is either just being formed now or doesn't exist now? It's probably true. And I think that more than anything, right, is what fuels a lot of the, you know, kind of this this concern is that, it's very possible there's a brand, you know, a new digital brand that 
is going to have all of this market share and it's not going to be one of us because we sort of missed, you know, we weren't positioned to serve what the customers want. Yeah, you know, uh, so you, you touched on quite a few things in that actually, you know, with digitization and data and, you know, uh, just you know, really understanding the distribution and what the customer needs are. So I, I do want to talk a little bit about each one of those things. And maybe I'll start with the data component, you know, so uh, so just, just thinking about data, you know, for me, what, what I think is, um, you know, data is very important to successfully driving positive outcomes that insurers need in order to really serve the needs of the customer. Um, and, you know, and, and I see organizations that use data very well, especially um, organiz- some of the newer organizations like Lemonade and, um, you know, o- other uh, new entrants in- into the industry um, that are really able to take the information that they have um, and create some sort of, of a competitive advantage over those that are inefficient at leveraging the massive amounts of data, you know, that's at their fingertips. You know, so um, if you don't mind, from your perspective, you know, why do you think data uh, in insurance and for incumbent carriers and other entrants into the value chain um, is an important element of what we need to leverage. I, I wish I had a more insightful answer than you know, that really insurance is one of the, I don't want to say few, but it's certainly one of the most, you know, kind of data heavy. It's always been reliant on, you know, sort of data. And so then it really becomes around you know, sort of, it's it's now a questioning of okay, it's it's very been it's been data heavy, but the world is moving from unstructured, you know, sort of structured data to unstructured data, and you know, if we think about the movement towards unstructured data, it's what does that really mean, and and how do we you know sort of tap into it, and how do we use it, and what you know, you you talk about lemonade and. And, you know, and so there's some of this stuff, like the insure tech stuff is, is a lot of buzzwords. It's, you know, artificial intelligence, it's machine learning, it, which if we really boil it down, just means right, how do you, how do you leverage data faster and, you know, to make decisions, you know, kind of like quicker. And, and, and so, again, I think a lot of this is still figuring it out. And I think it's more of a, a realization of, there is huge value in unstructured data. It's so how the hell do we make it actionable and insightful? And so I think people are getting really close. And I'm sure people would tell me that they've figured out how to make it actionable and insightful. But what does it signal? Like, is it actually like they've been able to make it actionable? But is it is it truly meaningful? I think again, I think it's still early days on, you know, kind of like on that. Yeah, I I, um, I I do think there's a there's a lot of opportunity to figure out you know uh, number one whether or not the data that uh, that's being collected and and that's being analyzed signal if it signals something or if there's some some type of action that that comes out of it. Um, and in all honesty, you know I don't know if I've seen uh, at least a. a, a carrier or an incumbent carrier that that's doing it well um well what I, what I am seeing today at least are are some carriers uh or newer entrants that are you know being able to leverage some of the data you know to your point that you made some of the unstructured data um and figure out uh you know ways that it can help them to uh drive direction for the organization but still even with that level of data that's being made available to them i, I still think that there are some opportunities all across the value chain to to do things a little bit more differently and and figure out you know what it's what that data and what that information is telling you now um you know i i I do see um a lot of the newer entrants that are uh more digital entrants in 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 this space right you know um and a part of the 
change that we are seeing in the insurance sector is this digital revolution uh, where, you know, uh, there are a lot of carriers that are saying, you know, we need to go digital or there's a lot of new entrants that are, you know, coming in as digital insurers. You know, so from your perspective, perspective, you know, how important is this and are, are carriers, um, should they focus on the digitization element of um, uh, innovating the insurance value chain? So I guess I might separate digitization with innovation. Um, and I think digitization is a component here. And, and so, yes, uh, will, will carriers have to be or, you know, kind of digital? And I think the answer is like, yes. What we don't know is how are we going to get there? Is it going to be by bolting on new technologies that sort of bypass old? Is it going to be by, you know, sort of acquiring new brands and transitioning it in, you know, sort of into them? But I, I do think that there's a, you know, sort of an unmistakable need to figure out, you know, sort of digitization, broadly speaking. And then from an innovation standpoint, you know, I think it's it's sort of back to like, why is Lemonade innovative? And part of it is because they have they don't have a base to protect, right? They, they, they think about startups. It's such a nice place to be where you are forced to, you have to innovate as your sort of your mandate. You can't look and smell like anything else. That's, you didn't receive all the money for that. And so you're constantly on offense and and constantly sort of chipping away, you know, barking at the, you know, the heels of sort of the incumbents who, right, they just can't turn as fast, but they have, you know, the, you know, sort of this scale. And yet at the same time, like they just, Right, whether it's culture and whether it's because they have a huge book of business, you know, I don't think it means that they can't be innovative. But I think we just, you know, it's it's separating out, you know, where are their strengths and how do they double down on the strengths versus, yeah, you know, what should they be and what shouldn't they be? In terms of uh, touching on this topic of innovation and uh, and sort of the answer that that you just gave, I you know I I do think uh, you're absolutely right. Just in terms of separating the two, um, now uh, you know just just thinking about um, your background and, and what you do um, as as we see, you know, you really have uh, this this key ability to to bring people together. And with you, you know, having that ability to bring people together from many different industries, you know, I can imagine that collaboration will naturally occur within the connections that you make uh, from bringing people together, you know, um, and from a collaboration perspective, you know, I, I look at um, that from the vantage point of collaborative innovation, you know, so uh, so how do you see collaborative innovation helping to drive growth um, in insurance, but not only just in insurance and in other industries? I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. And that really is as, as fun as it is to be someone you know, kind of on the sidelines or in the stands and, you know, trying to, trying to be, you know, one of the commentators on the cool things that are happening. Like, oh, did you see this new, you know, sort of like cool product? Did you see this company? Did you see this drone thing? Did you see, right, this, you know, kind of as cool as it is to talk about the shiny objects that are there, right? Yeah, the, the meat, you know, only happens when these companies figure out a way to you know, work together. And that, is, is probably, and that is hugely important to us. And when I think of what does InsureTech Connect stand for, it is a reason we call it Connect. Is we want, it isn't, like for us, very clear to say, you know, from our perspective, insurance is not broken, right? Insurance is at a amazing point that's embracing change in a way that it's never happened before. So we're sort of at this 
and, and I know we've said it before, it's a really it's a magical moment in the history of insurance, but nothing is wrong with insurance. There's just so much opportunity and there's so much willingness to embrace a different way of doing it. And to your point, like, so what is a different way of doing it? And that's, you know, I guess, thinking about, and one of the things that we need to do a better job, you know, I think uh, is as flattering as it is and, you know, to hear that we've done some things well, one of the things that people came up to us and said, here's what we really hope for, especially for next year is, great, thank you for telling us or showing us this company or, you know, kind of this concept, but how, what do we do? How do we do it? And so trying to make sure that there's greater frameworks for implementation or at least conversations that can happen where it leads to truly actionable, more actionable next steps. Now, we are always proud when we hear about a company that is, you know, they met the, you know, their kind of pilot. They met their company they got their funding with. So those success stories, or internally we call the we met at ITC stories, are super important. But, you know, how do we make it as actionable as possible for if I'm in charge of transformation, digitization, innovation with inside of a carrier, you know, how can I go back with a sense of this is the right framework for me? You know, yes, here's why we should set up a innovation studio, or here's why we should set up a you know sort of an internal fund, or not, or maybe we go down and do the co-creation route, or you know maybe we join these three accelerators, but then we also do this. So, you know, here's how we. Uh, sort of take a, a concept and socialize it internally. And here's how we carve out certain groups to do better tests with. And so I, I think making sure that more of those conversations of the rubber meets the roads, I have a game plan for the next, you know, 90, 180 days to to try things, to impact change internally, not just know what I need to do, is is really what you know we would aspire to. Yeah, you know, I actually think you you hit sort of the nail right on the head when you when you sort of went through uh, the the questioning piece, right? To really understand, you know, what some of the things are and the why as to um, an organization moving more towards the direction in the realm of innovation, you know. Uh, and and when I think about this, I think about you know all of the carriers and also all of the new entrants. Uh, into the industry that's really focusing on innovation. And, and what I do recognize is a somewhat different from uh, from what we were just talking about here is, you know, a lot of the organizations do lack the why, you know, so for carriers, uh, they don't really understand that question that they're trying to answer in terms of why innovate, where we know what they're trying to do or, or what the goal of insurance is to do is to protect the consumer in the, in the event of a, uh, the policyholder in the event of a loss. And, and even for new entrants, it's, you know, why provide a new solution that's going to be doing uh, something that's different from the status quo today? Um, and uh, and for me, you know, I think that uh, we really have to understand what the policyholders truly care about. Um, you know, so so personally, um, I subscribe to the framework and the concept of the the Q1A, right, um, which uh, as a part of that, you know, it's questioning and networking and um, observing and experimenting and associating and so on. But um, as a part of the Q1A, you know, questioning is a fundamental part of, you know, driving um, a non-status quo solution. You know, so, Jay, you know, from your perspective, you know, um, what questions uh, don't get asked enough when uh, innovating? And um, is questioning, from your vantage point, even an important need when you're thinking about uh, really bringing an organization to the next step from an innovation perspective? 
I think it would be someone would be an idiot to say you don't know you innovation doesn't require asking questions I right I don't it feels like a statement that would be fun to make just to see if it could be true but so instead I'm I'm just drawn to the what what is the overall culture of a company and you know what do they you know sort of like foster and you know and sort of starting you know kind of like there in terms of do we as a company have have an environment like that is going to to create this sort of what if do we even care right do we want it to be just incremental you know sort of changes do, you know do we even want to rethink doing it differently and I think right, a lot of organizations are sort of open to that, and then a lot of them, you know, simply aren't. And those that that aren't, you know, if if you're, you know, oh, transformation minded, then you're you're going to be miserable, uh, you know, sort of working in a place like that. Yeah, you know, um, and, and and Jay, you know, as, as I look at your background and as I look at your history, you know, specifically over the past few years and over the, uh, you know, even as you mentioned earlier on, uh, you know, over the last ten years, um, I, I do see you as a person that you know really hones in on um in doing new things and also innovating. Um, you know, uh, as the, you know, with you launching um with your co-founders in SureTech Connect and also launching Grow.co and you know upcoming with uh, HRT um in in two thousand. 2018, you know, so, uh, so just uh, from your vantage point, you know, what are some of the things that you focus on that leads you uh, to be able to create some of these new concepts and, you know, uh, gear yourself um, in your organization towards innovation? When we think about what is our culture, it really is a lot of people who are executors and who, you know, sort of are doers. And, you know, people that are, I would say, to your point, I, I don't think if, if we were to read off our values, I don't think, you know, sort of we question everything is necessarily a value, but we are, you know, sort of like we care. So first and foremost, you know, we care and we are always thinking about the the sort of like the, the people and we want to be deliberate and we want to be thoughtful. So when we sort of approach, you know, kind of almost our daily lives, you know, we sort of ask ourselves, like, is this, you know, are we are we caring about the person? Are we being thoughtful about their, you know, sort of needs? And so, you know, instead of it being truly innovative, a lot of what we do is just trying, you know, to, uh, cliche as it sounds, be, you know, customer-centric, you know, sort of enough, but, uh, you know, in, in a framework that still enables some scale to happen. Because I, I don't know, I think of a personal story with my you know, sort of insurance, you know, kind of carrier. And I, people say this all the time, right? It's when you have a claim is when you, right, a lot of the switching occurs and I, and I, and I get it. And, and yet it wasn't, if I think about why my struggles with, you know, with my claim, it was, it had nothing to do with how much I was paying per month. And, and again, like that's a, you know, price sensitivity is obviously a huge thing, but it wasn't, it isn't price that's necessarily driving, you know, sort of me. It's, it's sometimes just being able to engage with a brand in the way that I like to engage. And so if I, and, and so again, there's, and there, and technology enables a lot of this. So technology has made it so that you can have secure communications with a brand without having to log into a portal. And so that, cause you think about it, we, when we message each other, when we talk to our friends, when we talk to our family, our coworkers, we don't go and have to log into a portal and see it. 
And like, not only that, but why should every message be, you have a new communication and you log into the portal and then all of a sudden you're getting what is essentially a scanned, what looks like a scanned sort of like Word document every single time. And so, you know, a lot of it is just, right, the, this friction that happens because we think that we have to do it a certain way or, you know, it's sort of, yeah, we think it's good enough. So I think there's a, again, for us, we try to look for these points of kind of like friction, like what are little things that could hopefully make a big difference. And, and I think that actually can go a long way for those like little things that kind of can go a longer way. Yeah, you know, um, and, and as, as you were talking, you know, some of the things that you mentioned to me would be uh, some measurements of, you know, a, a successful outcome for some of the conferences or product launches and, and things that, that you all are doing. But, um, but, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. You know, um, so if, if you did have to think about, you know, what would create that successful um, outcome for one of the conferences that you all have pulled together, you know, uh, what, what do you think will create that success? It is, and I wish there was any, you know, real complexity here. It is about as, you know, I think for us, it is basically we think about it in terms of, you know, the, the conversations taking place. And, you know, our companies using our, you know, sort of stage to become thought leaders? Are they using our stage to, you know, sort of try and advance a message? Are they using our, you know, the space outside of the stage to host meetings, to meet with other people? And, you know, if we think about, you know, big CES as an example, right, is this, you know, is this a place that is sort of aligns as a, a, a neutral gathering spot where companies are investing in, you know, sort of their time there. And that's, you know, that's it. And so it's a, it's very much around, you know, it's nothing it is, there's not much that we can do as much as it is around others choosing, you know, having selected us. Yeah, um, so I, I absolutely get that. Um, and uh, again, as I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, you know, I mentioned that I, I had an opportunity to speak with quite a few people um, that, that attended InsureTech Connect uh, uh, 2017. And, you know, one of the folks was Chris Cheatham, um, who's the chief executive officer of Risk Genius. Um, and, yeah. and what he mentioned, actually, in terms of coming out of this uh, was the fact that, um, you know, he had a lot of connections um, in terms of the people that he met and some of the ideas that uh, that was collaboratively discussed um, you know, at InsureTech Connect. So I, I guess, you know, while uh, while you may not look at your organization as um, one that's really innovative or that's doing things from an innovative perspective, I think that by bringing together all of these people uh, that you're fostering this whole community and this whole thought process around um, innovation for the, uh, for the insurance community, whether it's the newcomers or some of the incumbent carriers. So I actually see uh, what you guys are, are doing as a huge service to, you know, continuing to, to help to push our industry forward. Um, and, and personally, I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> well, again, I don't know if we're deserving of such kind of kind praise. It's really our turn to say, holy cow, thank you to the industry for being just, you know, so amazing, right? Thank you for the, uh, you know, the, these brands that have endured for hundreds, you know, sort of of years to the industry that is, you know, sort of committed. I remember back to ITC and it might have been like Mike McGavick, you know, sort of was speaking. And, and again, like putting into perspective, the fact that, you know, when, when bad things happen, and right, it's oftentimes the insurance companies 
that are there first. Like money is getting deployed back to rebuild people's lives fast through the insurance. And, and you said it too. Like if we think about why are we there in the first place, what is it that we do and how do we keep making that job you know, like better? And you know, it's, it's like little things. Like we sit here and we try to brainstorm s- stupid things for people to put their logo on, right? It's a part of the like sponsorships. But if it doesn't actually serve a purpose, then right? Why do we why do we have it there? So we, you know, I think we all just have to challenge ourselves as to like, what, does this thing serve the needs that it's supposed to, and is it something that needs to be you know sort of fixed, you know, and improved in order to help us do that? But you know, back to my. Uh, what it was intended to be of of really a thanks to the amount of innovation that's happening and a thanks to the fact that from the boardrooms, you know, sort of on down, people are caring and people want to see this industry, you know, not, it's going to continue, but it, you know, they, they are proud of it and they're proud of what it's doing. And, and so again, we are, we're just so thankful to, to get to have some small role in this journey that's happening. Absolutely. You know, um, so, so so just just thinking about that, you know, what do you see as the future for InsureTech Connect? You know, we have 2018 coming along and, uh, you know, have, has that started already being planned? And, uh, you know, what, what, what are we going to see different from what's occurred in 2017? Well, you know, it is absolutely, you know, sort of happening. I think for us as we, again, it's, we spend every single day trying to, you know, kind of obsess over like, what are the topics that are keeping people up at night? And who are people that are thinking about those things? And again, if we think about we're trying to optimize for, you know, not just a handful of things that you learned on stage, but a handful of things that you learned, you know, when you were engaging with the, you know, sort of the other audience. So for us, it's a, you know, this is a time of, of hopefully, you know, sort of like listening and trying to, you know, kind of reflect what's on people's you know, minds. And again, at the highest level, especially for those that aren't familiar with what we do, you think about it, there's the, the term incumbents is a little bit unfair, but it's, you know, it's, it's the brands, it's, it's these amazing brands that have built the industry as to what it is. And, you know, why we are where we are is that whether it's a combination of a new generation of consumers, you know, new technology, but, you know, all of those things are sort of coming together and have made you know, insurance attractive for entrepreneurs and for VCs. So we might use the term incumbents, the disruptors and the enablers. And because it, you know, back to our main point, this isn't about things needing to be disrupted. It's about embracing opportunity. Our hope is that if there's a technology or a company that has a chance to make a difference, right, you're going to be able to see them there. And if there's a, a brand that's investing Right? Or there's someone who is you have a, a, a problem, somebody that's going through the same pain point is going to be there. So that your time, as you think about, you know, and whether again you, no matter where on the value chain you work or what type of company, that you know, one of your key objectives to help you over the next you know 12, 24, you know, however many months and years, can can be expedited 
by having spent, you know, sort of two days with us. Yeah, you know, um, I completely agree with that. You know, so, uh, so Jay, uh, I do want to say thank you for your time here today. You know, I truly appreciate you talking to me about yourself, uh, uh, your background and what you got or what you all are doing um, with InsureTech Connect and, and how you are really connecting, uh, you know, a lot of the thought leaders and a lot of the new entrants and, um, you know, uh, brands and incoming carriers in the insurance industry. So, you know, if people um, that are listening to this podcast wanted to know more about what you do or even about InsureTech Connect or Grow.co or HRT, you know, Know, how uh, can they contact you? Uh, I would say, you know, just just email me. So it's jay at insuretechconnect. And of course, I went with the longest email address, but it's, you know, uh, insuretechconnect. It uh, doesn't matter how you spell it. It could be I-N-S-U-R-T-E-C-H or I-N-S-U-R-E-T-E-C-H. That's another <laughs> that's story for another day is, uh, you know, the, the whole spelling of insuretech. But uh, absolutely, uh, you know, I'm on WhatsApp. I'm on WeChat. Uh, please, I, we live to hear from people about, you know, what do they find interesting? Who do they want to meet? What's keeping them up at night? You know, kind of all of these things, like what's, you know, what are the things that they're trying to accomplish? And so, you know, who, if they were able to run into them, could help them think through these things. So that's it. Hopefully we'll hear from someone regardless, always, you know, kind of fun to get a chance to sort of, you know, kind of talk and appreciate very much the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, so once again, Jay, I do want to say thank you. I do truly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for talking to me and for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks again for joining me today on the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. Now, I hope you got a lot out of the discussion that I was having with Jay Weintraub and, you know, all of the discussions that I've been having with people from across the industry, our leaders and our innovators and our thought leaders and so on. So, you know, on next week's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Saeed Amidi, the Chief Executive Officer of Plug and Play. So tune in then and then we'll see you next week.